Father God, we thank you that you are with us in the midst of the war. Lord God, you said that you would never leave us or forsake us. I thank you for wisdom and counsel. I pray today that you'd give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to submit to the truth. Lord God, that we'd give up and release all of the judgments and opinions that we have form- formulated under the counsel of fear and that we would begin to walk in the true counsel of your Holy Spirit and your word and your revelation and we would live without fear. You said perfect love casts out fear. So I'm asking you today, Lord God, to give us uh, a genuine heart to receive your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that you've given us power over all the power of the enemy. And we bind that spirit of division. We bind the spirit of fear, confusion, and hatred. We bind the, st- the things that Satan is trying to do to destroy our world, our lives, our families, our salvation, Lord. We come against the powers of darkness that have so deceived and confused and confounded us, Lord. We bind him. We forbid him to continue his operation of destruction and division against us and the hatred that he brings against us, Father. We ask for your divine love, your revelation, your sweet Holy Spirit to comfort and counsel us, Father. We ask for your wisdom, and we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there we have the beginning of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Unmasking hatred. And one of the things that first we first have to look at is Matthew chapter 5. Um, and in verse 21, well, we're talking about the, Jesus is talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about various subjects and topics. And when he comes to the subject of murder, he says, um, verse 20, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So in other words, it's not about you know, comparisons. It's about doing the will of God. He says, you have heard of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be in danger of hellfire. So what he is doing is he's really um, intensifying the criteria for uh, loving your brother and the, the consequences of not are going to hell. And we're thinking these days of so many people who have formed an opinion and uh, a situation, a stance against others that borders on hatred. And he says, um, those will bring you into the danger of hellfires. And then he goes on to say in the next verse, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember there that your brother has something against you, Leave the gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So he's saying, don't just go on and pretend like everything's okay and you can be this spiritual, you know, go through the motions of whatever and you'll be fine. Don't pretend that you have, you're okay bringing your gift, giving the offering, pretending to be giving lip service to God when you have hatred in your heart towards your brother. Don't bother bringing your gift because it isn't going to work for you. It's not, it's not. Uh, you've got to reconcile first. You know, we have to begin to look at the depth of our heart and our motives before we're going to be accepted before God and, you know, be removed from the dangers of hellfire. 
There are many seedbeds for uh, division and hatred in our world. Um, Matthew ten thirty four, uh, he says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. But For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies shall be those of his own household. So there's there's a division. Now, we think of Jesus bringing, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Yeah. He puts peace in our hearts. Yeah. But then there's 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 division. Uh, and, and where there's division, there's there's a lot of room for hatred. It's an, there's an uh, fear. atmosphere there fear. where we can be tempted to be involved with with hating one another, those that differ from us, those that disagree with us, those that attack us. Right. And I believe that here he is just making a statement. He's come to bring um, division, setting a father against his son and a mother against her daughter. I believe what he's saying here is that before he came, there was no contest. Satan was running the whole thing. And now Jesus is coming to split the Adam and bring the option to follow God, which is going to create division because it it comes down to personal choices. Are you going to choose to follow Jesus or are you going to stay with what you think you know and live under the counsel of fear? And so he's just saying, this is the war begins because I'm here because I I didn't, we have to have some division. we, We have to understand division is both from God and Satan. Yes. Uh, well, God, um, divided the light from the darkness, you know, right. at, the, at the creation. And um, and so there are things that uh, way back from the beginning, mm-hmm. we see godly divisions. But then we have Satan who brings divisions as well, uh, who through his lies. Uh, and there are certain people that are motivated by his lies that do bring and again, division mm-hmm. to families, division to churches. Well, in in first, Second Corinthians, he says the, the the distinction, the division brings a distinction between the good and the evil, the light and the darkness. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Um, uh, have no fellowship with light. What is fellowship? What fellowship does light have with darkness? And then, uh, so we see that there has to be a distinction. There has to be a division. There has to be a separation. There has to be a coming out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and, ch- and touch not the unclean thing. But then we also have this problem uh, in Matthew twelve twenty five. He says, every kingdom divided against its st- itself cannot stand. So Satan's uh, agenda is to create a division to take down the kingdom of God, to create division in nations, in families, in, in churches, in, uh, even in our own individual lives. So every kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Um, and he says, mark the ones who cause division among you. So we have to see that here we have there's good division and bad division. Both God and Satan are using that that division to divide, to separate. Um, and I'm thinking of sometimes, you know, when you deliverance comes through division or division brings deliverance. Sometimes when you divide, remove, separate, divide, uh, deliver a person from a cancerous tumor, you are removing, you're dividing, removing something bad so that they can live. And this is what God's division is intended to do. But here's the deal. People get confused about good division, bad division. Who's the author of that division? And Jesus said, in every case, there is a telltale, there's an absolute fail, uh, safer, perfect way to prove 
that what's happening and that is is the is the fruit of that division what is the fruit of that division does it bring joy peace love or does it bring hatred contempt and murder well uh satan's strategy is to divide and conquer mm-hmm. uh you know and and basically out of uh, fear he he creates fear and and there's, there's he is a, fear. <laughs> yeah, there is a, a superficial unity that we have in in, in churches in ecumenical movement where while well, we just we mush everything together doesn't matter what you believe, uh, what your doctrine is, what your practices are. We just we'll just kind of forget about that and just all mush together. Well, that's that's an evil kind of unity. That's a false unity. Mm-hmm. And uh, but when you look at it. Um, in John 17, for example. John 17, he said, the world's going to hate you. Mm-hmm. The world's going to hate you. But he prayed that the disciples, that would be a prayer, not only the disciples then, but the disciples that would extend into today and all, as long as there are disciples, that we'd be set apart by the truth. Right. That doesn't Sanctified. mean that we become isolated from the world. He says, I pray not that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. In other words, they, that we would stay in this evil world, mm-hmm. but that we would stay in our place of devotedness or sanctification, mm-hmm. which means set apart to God. We're called to be, as it said in Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, it says, uh, God said, you're going to be a peculiar treasure. You're, going to, you're a holy people. You're a chosen people. You're a special treasure to Set me. apart, sanctified. And that was mm-hmm. true of Israel back in the day. He set them apart for that. But then it's true of those who, who follow Jesus today. Right. You know, that verse in John seventeen fourteen. he says, um, I have given you, I've, I've given them, he's talking to the Father, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Um, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So in this case, we see God is a causing a division, a separation for the point of sanctification. He's, he's he, And he's saying there is hatred. He says in the midst of hatred, um, they'll be hated like I was hated. But the purpose of this division is for their s- sanctification. They're setting apart, making them a, pecu- a peculiar people. Yeah, sanctify them through thy truth. And thy word is thy truth. Thy word is truth. Mm-hmm. So what we want to know what truth is. Pilate asked the question, what is truth? Well, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His word is truth. Mm-hmm. So there's a rejection. Uh, there's a reception or a rejection of, of of the truth when the truth is is declared there's a separation mm-hmm. you see it all through the ministry of Jesus and you th- you see it through the ministry of Paul and Peter some believe some didn't believe mm-hmm. so the, the 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 sword of the spirit the word of god is the sword, sword of the spirit separates. and so it mm-hmm. does separate you know truth from error light from darkness yes so you know the thing is satan is using his fear tactics to create division and he and that fear and division produce hatred 
and hatred leads to the hellfire. So really the thing is you need to understand and examine what is the fruit of what you're doing and what is the outcome and what will it lead to. Uh, and God uses his division to create separation unto sanctification, um, and it's motivated by love, and it brings life and freedom. Satan's uh, divis- divisive tactics are motivated by fear and and create hatred and hellfire. God's are motivated by love and create bring um, life and separ- and freedom. And so nowadays we see people, you know, I've, obviously we've all heard this, um, you don't love me because you don't wear a mask. So what is happening out of this kind of statement is that people are confused. They're, they don't understand the origin of their fear. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Obviously, um, Satan is using that fear to create the division, to produce the hatred. Well, God is using, wants us to use love to create life. Yeah, in our day, you mentioned about the masks, the vaccine, the lockdowns, the social distancing, the quarantine. All coming out of fear. Shutting down All the of businesses. Them. It comes out of fear. It comes out of, it comes out of lies. And, but the thing is, too, out of the lies, out of the fear comes hatred. You said, "Come the hatred." Yeah, you you know you you're not you're not following the the official yeah. government narrative. Well, therefore you hate me and I hate you. I can't trust you. Right. So there's a crea- a deliberate creation of division between people. Right, and there's day. a violation of the the basic commandment of God: "Thou shalt love thy neighbor." as thyself. All the law is fulfilled in this, that you love your neighbor as yourself. So that law is just, there's a blatant violation of the love because of fear. Perfect love, again, casts out fear. So if people aren't don't know they're loved perfectly, then they will be afraid. Um, and Satan is using that fear to create, uh, he intimidates, he uh, mandates, he creates shame, intimidation, and silence to subdue those who are in fear to promote a false unity, which we would call compliance, um, in hope, in a promise, a false hope of them being safe and um, and be able be able to survive. Satan produces cowards, really, who seek to save their life to be safe. But according to Jesus, he who seeks to save his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And so the problem is. We cannot submit to the mandate of fear, absolutely, whether it's a mask or whether it's a whatever it is. We are not being motivated or, or that the origin of our uh, mandate from the Lord is not fear, but love. Perfect love, again, casts out fear. So Satan wants to create confusion and he uses fear to create division. How many families, they, is it worth going to hell over to hate your mother, hate your brother, hate your, your father, hate your daughter, because you're afraid. Bottom line it and get real with yourself. You are afraid and perfect love casts off fear. So you are in a place where you're more uh, submitted to and believing what fear says than what God says. And God says all through the Bible, fear not, fear not, fear not. I am with you. Do not fear. Um, and, and yet people are being motivated by the the, the power of a spirit of fear. And they're not confident to know that God says, I will le- never leave you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. I'll never forsake you. They just are not confident of God's promise. Well, in First Thessalonians 5, 3, it says, for when they say peace and safety. Mm-hmm. Now, that's... Uh, that's, that's what they're trying to say. They're, mm-hmm. Right. That comes out of fear. I am fearful 
Therefore, I am easy to control, and I will do anything. I will sell out my freedoms in order to have some what in my mind is it's, peace and safety, yeah. but it actually is bondage and oppression. He says, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes right. upon them mm-hmm. as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Well, it's interesting that, you know, peace and safety are the the the, uh, the carrot Satan is dangling on the end of this uh, massive fraud of the human race, and yet the Bible never says be careful, be safe. I, I'm just thinking this morning when he was uh, sending Joshua out to, to take down the walls of Jericho, he didn't say, oh, okay, Joshua, now now, now be safe be careful. And, and be careful and, and be sure you that those walls don't fall on you. Be careful. He said, be strong and courageous. Yes. That's what God says. And we are not living up to our true uh, divine potential when we run around like little cowards, afraid, and tr- and the problem with trying to be safe here with Satan's ideas of what's safe, he keeps changing the rules. Now you need this mini mask. Now you need th- another shot. Now you need da 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 da. He's n- there's there's never n- never an end. And it's just like perfection. Trying to be perfect, he always keeps raising the bar. Okay, now I got to do it again. Do it better next time. Got to rent. You know, it, it's never done. It's never enough. And so you're exhausted and get frustrated and mad because your stability is in a lie. And so what did Jesus do? He lived in the midst of hatred. Mm. But well, what did he do when people hated him? What, there was two things he did, two things he had to know to live in the midst of the, the hatred that actually ended up crucifying him, killing him, and that and insanity. Listen to it. When he was before Pilate and they said, uh, Pilate says, well, who do you want me to give to you? Uh, and, and he said, what do you want me to do with him? He says, crucify, crucify. There was, an in, there was an insanity. There was a rabid hatred of Jesus that was stirred up in the crowd to bring down uh, the revelation of, you know, of the truth and, and throw contempt on the Son of God, disdain, hatred, and contempt. And Jesus, of course, knew that would happen. But here's what Jesus did when he was faced with, the hate, with hatred. Number, number one, he knew who he was. And he did not take their rejection or their hatred of him in, in a personal way or take it as a personal offense because he knew who, who he was. He knew where he was from. He knew he was from heaven. He knew it was going to be his mandate, his job to come and be the sacrificed lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And so he knew who he was. So he wasn't offended by their rejection of him. So many of us don't know who we are. We get offended. We pick up an offense, and that's another demon. Pick up an offense. I'm going to stay mad at you. Now we're turning into hatred, and now we're in danger of hellfire. We have got to stop this. Our, is whatever you're doing to hate, to draw the line, to prove your point, to um, is it worth going to hell over? Question mark. The second thing Jesus knew was that the source of the hatred and, and the crucify him, crucify him was coming from Satan himself. And he, he didn't get hung up on the people, their opinion of him, what they didn't like, whatever, because he knew that Satan was stirring up the division to separate through fear to bring hatred and death to him. But we, he also knew that this had to be done. He knew that he had to go through with this. He knew there had to be this, this cry against his life. And so you know who you are, and you know where this is coming. This division, hatred, fruit of it, Jesus said, by, their, by the fruits you shall know them. This hatred and, and strife and bitterness and separation is the fruit of hell, not of heaven. Now, we see this in families a lot, of course. And that's where it starts. It starts, there's division within us internally. And I know you've done a lot of teaching and writing about that. But like in families, 
where there is, you know, there are people that come to know Christ. Say, say a person that's the first one who's come to know Jesus in a, in a family, as far as right. they know. They're breaking, and it's like, what's happened to him? They got religion, or they're weird, or they're in a cult, or mm-hmm. something like that, and they're they're very much mistreated. Right. Uh, and then there's there's uh, things that are done and said out of fear. Uh, and fear and insecurity mm-hmm. and anger, and, and then it comes into hatred, and it hits our hearts. I mean, the thing is, when when you've got someone in your own family, you have a son or a daughter or a wife or a husband yeah. that has come against you so strongly, uh, let's say right now because of your, your stand for Christ, that, that, that's, a, that's a great temptation mm-hmm. to become bitter. angry, mm-hmm. bitter, uh, unforgiving. That's where forgiveness comes in. Oh, yes, got to forgive exactly. it. Re- release them from, like Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them. I forgive them. They know not what they do. You're, these people are blinded by fear. They're blinded by terror. They're by, and, they, and again, they think safety is the goal. Safety is not the goal. Becoming a coward is not the goal for the Christian. Becoming strong and courageous and taking a stand and having done all the stand in Ephesians chapter 6, 12 is the goal. Not to become a, a pushover pansy and, and be intimidated and bullied by Satan. Jesus said he came to bring a sword because he came to challenge. He came to challenge what Satan was doing to take away the hostages that Satan had gathered for himself. That's, you know, and yet, and yet people want to stay in the status quo. They want to stay in what they know, their opinion, what they've been taught, what they've been brainwashed to believe. And they refuse to go to the Bible. How many people spend as much time in the Bible studying the Word of God as they do in front of their television set? Or their computer. Yeah. If you don't give God at least equal time, then don't expect to know anything truthfully. Because the world out there, that television is telling you a vision, a propaganda. It is programming to bring you in under the submission to the body of death operating software that Satan has downloaded into the soul. You cannot live in the soul. You have to live in your spirit and know the truth that Jesus has come to set the captives free. And this is war. There is division, but we don't have to hate. If you hate, you have not yet understood how much you are loved. And you don't need to hate to defend yourself. Hatred is not your friend. Hatred will take you to hell, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. He who hates his brother without a cause is in danger of hellfire. Hellfire, people. You think, well, I know Jesus, and I've got a church I go to, and I go pretty regularly, and I'm okay. Well, if you hate your brother, I don't care how much church you go to. If you hate, you are, like God said, in danger of hellfire. So stop it. Your life is here not to be given away to hatred and fear and confusion and submission and being bullied and intimidated to stay safe. Staying safe, like we said, is not even the goal of the Christian. Be careful. Be safe. God did not say that. And many of us are doing things to be safe and be careful. And and then you say, well, okay, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for them because if I really love them, I will comply to the human mandates that have made certain things legal and certain things illegal, but legal, illegal mandates, laws can be changed and are changed constantly. And we've made laws that go absolutely contrary to the truth of God's love and life. For example, abortion. We have made a law to make it legal to kill people that we don't want, but God didn't change the rule. He didn't change the rule. I don't care what laws we make. It will not stand in the day of judgment. So being careful, being safe is not the goal. 
wearing a mask, staying safe, complying is not the goal. The goal is to know that you are loved, to know that there are divisions. There are going to be divisions because Jesus came to bring separation and opportunity to bring the kingdom of God into this world, and Satan does not like it. So don't be surprised when people, <clears throat> excuse me, when people attack you, um, you know, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. He said, Jesus said, rejoice. He and said, be bless those who curse you. Bless those <laughs> who curse you. And here, are, uh, just expect it. So the Lord told us what to expect. That doesn't mean we have a martyr complex and, oh, yeah, I'm suffering so I'm much. On, yeah. Self-pity, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. That's not it Know at who all. you are. That's that's that you're right. You you know who you are in Christ. Yeah. Jesus could go through all the accusations. He faced all the various lying opinions about his true identity because he knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He he loved. He when he was reviled, even on the cross, it says in First uh, Peter two twenty three, when he was reviled. In other words, he was just mocked and. He did not revile in return. Mm -hmm. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He'd say, oh, boy, just wait. I'm going to get you. But he committed himself to him who judges righteously. And that has a lot to Mm -hmm. do with this. We say, Lord, you know, my my daughter, uh, really, I've advised her on a certain course of action. and, and, And I warned her and she didn't do it. But I still love her, mm-hmm. and I, I I still pray for her, mm-hmm. and um, you know she's probably going. She might get into some stuff she really didn't have to get into, but I'm right. God. You're working it out somehow for your glory. And this is exactly what the Lord does. He has all of us, and we've all been given a free will, and He allows us to use our free will because He's not going to create robots and force us to accept Him. He's not insecure like the devil who forces everybody through intimidation and blackmail and bullying and threats. God says, whosoever will come freely. And in first John chapter four, he says, um, um, he's talking verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Okay. What does that mean? You confessing Jesus as the son of God. That means you are looking to him as your savior. And we have, and we have known and believed and love that the love of God, the love that God has for us. We believe that God has love for us, but God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment because he is love. So are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He, We love him because he first loved us. God loved us when we were yet Hostile towards yeah. him. When we but, were here as enemies, he gave his life for but us. But we have to understand, if you're afraid, there's a place in your heart yet where the love of God has not completely filled it. The perfect love casts out fear. Um, there is no fear in love. Love says, you're fine. You're okay. I've got you. You don't have to worry. This is not up to you. This is my battle. You follow me. The battle is the Lord's. And so many people think it's all up to them. They're still mixing. The reason they're afraid is because they're mixing their walk with Christ with witchcraft. It's still up to me. I've got to figure it out. I've got to do the right thing. You follow Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the power of his Holy Spirit in you, and you will do the right thing. And his love is growing inside of us. It's not like we can't, you know, we're growing in that love. We're growing in that confidence. We're growing in that assurance 
that God is with us. Perfect love casts out fear. So if you're still afraid, there's still a place in your heart where love needs to come. And so you ask the Lord, well, what's the lie that fear is telling me here? Is fear telling me that I'm afraid that I'm going to die? Or is the, the Bible say um, that we're to lay down our lives for Jesus Christ? Again, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. What's the, what is the cost of discipleship? It's being willing to give this life that God has given you, give back to him with all courage and with all assurance. Yeah, back to the fact that Jesus, when he was reviled, he didn't revile again. He didn't talk back. He said, wait, I'm going to get you. It wasn't a revenge thing. He committed himself to him who judges righteously. Amen. And so yeah, part that's, right. of, that's part of forgiveness is saying, that God Lord, be the judge. you're going to take mm-hmm. care of it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to love, I'm going to pray for them. Uh, and you, uh, you're going to take care of this. I think this is something we have to rest in mm-hmm. is that, you know, and you think of even in Psalm 37, verse one, it says, don't fret because of evildoers. Yeah. So we can do a lot of fretting and say, oh, we're afraid of this and afraid yeah. of that. And what's going to happen? And, and all these policies and, yeah, and mm-hmm. all these laws and executive orders that come. We said, you know what? Um, don't fret over that. Lord, I release this to you. And you, you're going to deal with it. You're going to judge it. That does not mean that I don't Passively, speak up. Yeah, passive, right. Get yeah. all passive and laid back. We're called to speak stand the Stand and having done yeah. all to stand, it Right. Says. He says, don't participate in the unfruitful in the walks of darkness, in the but fear. expose them. Amen. Speak the truth yeah. and speak the truth in love and stand up. That they may grow up. That's what the Bible says. And not everybody's going to love us and embrace us for that. There's some people that will embrace the truth and, and some will hate us for our declaration of the truth. Mm-hmm. And then some will hate us. At one point, and then they'll they'll turn around and uh, and, and embrace, thank us. yeah, and because yeah. we don't know. So Jesus said, "You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free, free from fear." So the truth is that God loves us, and that we're not alone. We're not on our own. And the truth is that we will stand, and having done all to stand, the truth is that we will forgive um, those who hate us. And if you are the hater. You need to forgive yourself and you need to stop listening to the devil and you need to, you know, say, Lord, I am trusting you with this person. But and 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 God, show me your love because I must be full of a lot of fear here because I'm super hating this person because they don't comply. They don't do what I think they should do to prove that they love me. This is the devil's trick. Oh, if you really love me, you do this. You do that. If you really love me, you'd let me go to hell. You'd let me uh, break the laws of God without warning me. You'd let me stick my finger in the light socket and you wouldn't say anything if you really love me. That's the devil's definition of love is that you just... You know, if you really love them, you're just not going to stand in the way. You're going to receive. This is twisted, people. This is absolutely twisted, and we're not going to be twisted. We're going to be truthful. We're going to tell the truth. We're going to stand and having done all to stand. That's the only way you're going to get out of this. You're not going to get out of this by complying with the devil because he's going to switch the rules at the end, and you're not going to end up where you thought you were going to end up. You're not going to end up safe. You're going to end up in hellfire. And, And, you know, I hate to say this, but right now is the time we are in a testing and we get to choose 
Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord written in the Bible through the prophets, through the scriptures, through Jesus Christ, through the testimony of the Holy Spirit, the apostles and prophets? Or are you going to believe the guys who have no authority to speak anything but have a, a television that they set in front of and a camera and they promote garbage throughout this land? This is tearing apart your family. Is this worth it? Do you want to lose your daughter? Do you want to lose your son? Do you want to lose um, your family, the most precious thing on this earth that you have? Do you want to throw that away for your own personal safety? Or are you willing to really love them and lay down your life for them? Like Jesus said, you know, that's what real love is, is willing to lay down your life. So going back one more time to forgiveness, you, we have to trust God, release the injustices, release the offense, release the bitterness, release the words, release them cutting you off, release them um, casting you aside, and forgive them and pray for them. We pray for those who spitefully use us. We, we ask God to have mercy and bring them back to truth, to remove the, the blinders, the deception, the hold of fear upon them. Perfect love, again, casts out fear. Perfect love, you love them perfectly. You're not afraid of what they can do to you. You are only afraid for them, and so you love them. You forgive them. You turn the crimes committed against them by Satan through them over to God. Let God be the judge. You forgive. We don't need to judge one another. We only need to discern. There's a difference. You need to discern what's really going on, but you don't need to judge it. When you discern something is evil, turn it over to God and say, God, this is totally bad. This is an injustice. This is against your word. This is against your, your, your life and your love and your truth. And I turn this whole deal, whatever it is, fill in the blanks, over to God and say, God, I forgive them because they have no idea who they're listening to. We need to get aggressive in forgiveness. We need to get aggressive in standing and having done all to stand. Romans twelve nineteen, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says, says the, the Lord. Lord. Mm-hmm. And so in, in verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 21, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Right, exactly. So, Father God, we just thank you that you give us the courage and the grace to take this seriously, that this is a fight for our very salvation. This is a life, a fight for our eternal destiny, Lord God, and that we will not be had, we will not be deceived, we will not be afraid, we will be more than conquerors because we are going forward in this battle against giants, just like Joshua. And God didn't say, be safe, be careful. He said, be strong and courageous. So God, I pray that you pour out a new spirit upon your people, a spirit of courage a spirit of bravery to be a, a courageous and fear and not fearful, but to know that we are loved, that you're with us, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, and that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Amen. And we invite you guys to check us out on liferecovery.com. Um, we don't put our commercials sometimes in the middle of the show because we're too intense. So we just check, check it out. It's a lot of truth stuff, a lot of weapons out in forms of books and CDs. Uh, even Taking the Devil to Court, which is an awesome audio drama. Check it out. God bless you. Have an awesome week, you Joshua's. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.